Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this very special episode of True Crime and Cocktails. I'm your host, Christy Oxborough, and with me later in this episode is the love of my life and a true light in this world, Miss Lauren Ash. Now, for today, it's going to be a bit different from our usual format. Today, November 22nd, just so happens to be my birthday, and what better way to celebrate than to give you, our dear listeners, a gift? So today's episode will feature not one, but two of the bonus episodes from our Patreon catalog. That's right. If you're on the fence about Patreon or curious about what it is we do over there, today's episode will give you a bit of a sneak peek. The episodes are called Last Call, as they are usually recorded right after a regular episode, so you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes it's extra bits of true crime, sometimes it's just us being chuckleheads, and almost always it's just us going off on tangents. So grab a drink, sit back, and enjoy this Last Call episode from June 2021. What's up, patrons? We got something new. It's a mini true crime case just for you. (laughs) You just never stop being the cutest human alive, you know? (laughs) Anytime I can make a jingle or a theme song, I'm very excited about it. Um, But listen, we're not kidding. This last call episode is our inaugural mini true crime case episode. So we obviously, um, if you're on Patreon, first of all, thank you so much. We appreciate you so very much for your support. Um, But secondly, we did do a little poll a while back asking people because we did see a lot of people on their exit surveys when they were deleting their membership saying not enough true crime. And um, we asked if people wanted more. Now, only a third of people said they wanted more true crime. But listen, a third is still a chunk. 
And so here we are. This is a brand new thing we're going to do once a month. And it's a mini true crime case so that we don't kill Christy with even more research. Um, But we also get a little more true crime uh, for those who want a little bit more. So what are we even talking about today? I have no idea. I'm completely in the dark. Well, the other thing we should say, um, the, ma- the the majority said they didn't need extra true crime. Yeah. Some, some did say they wanted true crime. So we were like, oh, some do want it. But the ones who said no extra true crime, we like the lighter episodes. We like stuff that's not as so heavy. And so our plan for these mini episodes is going lighter true crime. We want to go... There's, we're, we're not going for any deaths. We're not going for murders. We're going for just the lighter true crime. That's like, you're going to get the story, but it's not a heavy, it's not going to burden your heart. Right. That's so we we're trying, this is our, our way to try and, uh, you know, make everybody happy, make, make a lot of people happy. We are people pleasers at best. Yeah. It's <laughs> problem. It's clinical. I've seen a therapist about it for years, but yes. Um, I think what's it's important to remember that true crime does not only mean murder. People think that there's like this definite connection. And that I mean, that's just simply untrue. There are so many true crime cases about fraud, about robberies, all these wild, crazy, mm-hmm. tall tales and stories that, uh, yeah, now we've got a place to talk about them. Yeah. And something I find fun and not just Marge Simpson over there um, is... Uh, I like that you don't know what I picked. I like it too. I'm excited. I might say that like, as soon as I, I don't, well, I don't know if I should give it a title, but I don't know if as soon as I say it, if you'll be like, oh yeah. Okay. And I knew a little bit, but uh, there's a lot of things. Again, I'm not going to go as deep, deep as I could, but again, we're just we're dipping a toe in. We're, we're seeing we're seeing how we feel. We're throwing about things going a little wall. lighter. We're seeing so what sticks. You're getting uh, you're getting some true crime, but you're also getting light true crime light. Yeah, However, and you're also getting it liquored. You know what I mean? Like, like these last calls. That's the one thing that we will that will never go away. Is yeah. are we going to be boozed? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not going to read this. Brandy is. <laughs> So it's for the best that it's lighter stuff. So my first uh, one for today, I say for today, I only have the one, but my, for our, in your beautiful words, inaugural. Thank you. uh, Episode. Consider us, consider this the boat where I'm going to break a bottle of brandy over it. (laughs) That would be beautiful. That feels right. So I have chosen the case of D.B. Cooper. Oh, now I don't know anything about this, but I know the name. They did a uh, classic Unsolved Mysteries episode about it. Mm. So, I mean, buckle in, folks. So on the afternoon of November 24th, 1971, the day before Thanksgiving, a man calling himself Dan Cooper purchased a ticket on Northwest Orient Airlines in Portland, Oregon. He used cash to buy a one-way ticket on flight 305 bound for Seattle, Washington. The flight was a 30-minute trip north and cost $20. 
Cooper was a quiet man who appeared to be in his mid-40s wearing a business suit with a black tie and white shirt, carrying a black attache case. Thank you. He boarded the Boeing 727 aircraft and took seat 18C, although some have said it's 18E, um, and ordered a bourbon and soda. The flight was approximately one-third full and had 36 passengers and six crew. The flight was on time and departed at 2.50 Pacific time. Shortly after 3 p.m., Cooper handed Florence Schaffner, a flight attendant sitting in the jump seat nearest to him, a note. Thinking the note was just some rando's phone number, Florence dropped it into her unopened purse, or dropped it unopened into her purse. Cooper leaned toward her and instructed her to take a look at the note because he had a bomb. Whoa! The note was printed in all capital letters with a felt tip pen. We don't know the exact wording as he confiscated the note after Florence read it, but according to Florence, said it mentioned the bomb and directed her to sit in the seat beside him. Florence did as requested and then asked to see the bomb. Cooper opened his attache to reveal eight red cylinders, four on top of four, attached to red wires and a large cylindrical battery. After closing the case, Cooper then had Florence write down his demands of $200,000 in American $20 bills, four parachutes, two primary and two reserve, and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft. With inflation, 200000 in 1971 is equivalent to just over $1.3 million in 2021 money. Okay. Uh, Florence took a new note to the police, or to the police, Jesus Christie, to the pilots. And when she returned to her seat, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. What? At 5.24 p.m., Cooper is informed that his demands have been met. So at 5.39 p.m., the flight landed at Seattle-Tacoma Airport. Once on the ground, Cooper exchanged the flight's 35 other passengers for the money and the parachutes. As the plane refueled, Cooper gave further instructions to the pilots. He requested the plane go approximately 100 knots, 115 miles per hour, or 185 kilometers, and that they remain at a maximum altitude of 10,000 feet. Cooper also requested that the landing gear remain deployed in the takeoff landing position, Um, And that the cabin remain unpressurized. So approximately 7.40 p.m., the flight takes off with Cooper, two pilots, flight attendant, and a flight engineer on board. The crew remain in the cockpit as per Cooper's request. As the flight attendant is closing the cockpit door, she noticed that Cooper was tying something, possibly the money bag, around his waist. The pilots were instructed to set course for Mexico City, via Reno, Nevada. Two F-106 fighter aircraft from a nearby airbase followed behind the aircraft, one above and one below. At 8 p.m., a warning light flashed in the cockpit to indicate that the aft air stair apparatus had been activated. It's the little uh, stair door at the back of the plane. Uh, The pilot used the intercom to ask if Cooper needed assistance. He refused. Shortly after, the crew noticed a significant change in air pressure, which indicated the aft door was open. At 8.13 p.m., the aircraft's tail section made a sudden upward movement, but no one was hurt. At 10.15 p.m., the pilots landed the plane in Reno with the aft air stair still deployed. FBI, state troopers, 
sheriff's deputies and Reno police surrounded the plane, but Cooper was no longer on board. When Cooper lowered the aft stairs at the back of the plane, he parachuted out with the ransom money supposedly strapped to his chest. The pilot noted the time they were over Cascade Mountains near the Lewis River, approximately 25 miles, 40 kilometers north of Portland. Cooper, never seen again. When FBI first opened the case, they called it Norjack, short for Northwest Hijacking. They scoured the plane for evidence, interviewed hundreds of people, tracked leads across the country. On the plane, the FBI found a number of fingerprints that didn't match those of the other passengers or members of the crew, but they were never matched to a suspect. Also on the plane, police found cigarette butts and Cooper's necktie. In November 1978, seven years after the event, a placard printed with instructions for lowering the aft stairs of a 727 was found by a deer hunter about 13 miles or 21 kilometers east of Castle Rock, Washington. This is about 49 miles, 79 kilometers from Vancouver, Washington, where on February 10th, 1980, an eight-year-old boy found $5,800 in decaying $20 bills along the Columbia River. The serial numbers matched those included in the ransom. Other than that, not a single note of ransom money was ever turned up in circulation. Because, of course, before they handed over the money, they someone in the FBI painstakingly took a picture of every single oh my God bill that they gave. Like there has to be a better way, but yeah. yeah. Well, there's interns for a reason, <laughs> I guess. Um, a note that uh, Vancouver, Washington is only like nine miles, 14 kilometers from Portland. So this kid finds the money and it's so close to Portland where he was potentially had just taken off. So it's like, it was obviously from him, but where right. did he go? Yeah. Uh, they check the rap sheets of every known felon with the name Dan Cooper. And when Portland agents interviewed a man by the name of DB Cooper, who was later cleared, a local reporter picked up the story and the name DB Cooper officially stuck in the media, which I find fascinating because every time I hear about this story, it's always DB Cooper. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with DB Cooper. It was actually Dan Cooper, which I find oh crazy. God, that's so funny. Uh, but I think we can all conclude it's not likely that Dan was his real name or even Cooper, but apparently there is a Franco-Belgian comic book series about a Canadian military flying ace and rocket ship pilot named Dan Cooper. I read that there was an issue released shortly before the hijacking that showed Dan parachuting. I dug deeper because it's what I do. Um, that issue was released in 1974. The hijacking was 1971. So some people just don't dig like I do. Of course. <laughs> there it is. There's just a light flex. Okay. Uh, the hijack hijacking also marked the beginning of the end for the unscrutinized commercial air travel. Despite the initiation of the federal sky marshal program the previous year, 31 hijackings were committed in U.S. airspace in 1972. 19 of them for the specific purpose of extorting money while the rest were trying to reach Cuba. Of those 19 that wanted money, 15, the hijackers also demanded parachutes. 
These copycat cases led the FAA to require all 727 aircraft be fitted with a device, later dubbed the Cooper Vane, uh, that prevents lowering the air stairs during flight. Also because of Cooper, peepholes were added to the cockpit doors. In early 1973, the FAA began requiring airlines to search all passengers and their bags, and in 1973, only two hijackings were attempted, both by psychiatric patients. Uh, It is said that the FBI has investigated 10,000 people, dozens of whom at some point confessed to family and friends that they were the real D.B. Cooper. In October 2007, the FBI announced that it had finally obtained partial DNA from the necktie that Cooper left on the plane. It helped to rule out many suspects, but they never found a match. Two months later, the FBI released never-before-seen sketches of Cooper in the hopes of finding a new witness. In July 2016, the FBI announced that they, quote, redirected resources allocated to the D.B. Cooper case to focus on other investigative priorities. To this day, this crime remains the only unsolved case of air piracy in commercial aviation history. Wow. Yeah. Air piracy. Yeah. Now, again, I and they had not heard of that a, either. A sky pirate feels like a, a movie I want to see. Again, probably starring Jason Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham is yeah. the sky pirate. Yeah, I mean, Disney has a treasure planet. Yeah, treasure planet. It's not treasure island, but it's treasure planet because it's like in um, in space or something. Oh, okay. I'm blanking on his name, and I hate that because I love him so much. Um. Niles from Frasier. David Hyde Pierce. Thank you so much. He he voices a dog in that oh, movie. Yeah. Cute. And I think um, Emma Thompson's in it. Now, Joseph I do Gordon apologize Lennon. that I, I did eat some chips and guac at the beginning of that, but I have not eaten dinner. And I was like, if I don't eat a few bites, I will be on the floor by the end of this hour. Um, why, why would I say no to snacks? I know, but it was so loud. I, I mean, I just no, was trying. No. That's why I was covering my mouth. Okay, so many things I want to talk about here. Number one, yeah. I have, I, here's the joke. I know the name D.B. Cooper, but if you yeah. gun to my head were like, Lauren Ash, tell us why you know this name. Like, what was this person famous for? I'd say pull the trigger because I have no clue. So it's fascinating to me that it wasn't even his name, that it was yeah. Dan Cooper. Um yeah. And it's fascinating to me, too, that they tried to pin it, that it was like, well, that's the name of this, you know, parachuting Canadian superhero or whatever cartoon. And it's like, well, that didn't come out for, you know, three until three years later. My question is, was it (laughs) I'm taking a real leap real quick. I can't wait. Is it possible Mm-hmm. Whoever the sky pirate was. And from now on, he's not D.B. Cooper to me. He's, he's sky pirate. the sky pirate. Yeah. Is it possible that he was somehow connected to that comic, that cartoon? And this was his way of like drumming up. Like, was this crazy viral marketing? <laughs> and I'm only half kidding. You know what I mean? Like, was he connected in some way? It's, it's possible. I mean, the thing about the comic also is it's like, it's 
mostly French. So to find it in English was not easy, but it's not to say this dude wasn't French. Who knows? He could speak French. We don't know. But I just find it crazy that because of him, so many things changed. I find it crazy that like, there's so many theories on like, did he survive? Well, the parachute was never found. Right. Ever. No one has ever found it. And that 5,800 is the only amount from that 200,000 that's ever been seen. And they're like, oh yeah, the number, the, the bills have never been in circulation. So my question to bankers out there, <laughs> if we have any. Yes, please. So does every single bank like re- do some sort of like tally of all the serial numbers and report all of that money? Like I'm talking even like small, small, small town bank. Like there's a thousand people in this town in the middle of nowhere. Does that bank keep track of all the serial numbers and report it to another bank or like to a larger company or something? Cause how do they know that it's never been used? It it's has like, to, it has to be that it throughout time it's tracked, right? That it's like, we've never yeah. seen any of these bills in years. Cause it feels to your point, impossible that every bank that exists on the planet is constantly tracking every serial number of every bill. Yeah, certainly in the 70s. Who has time? And I just, okay, so say say he didn't spend any of the money. I don't think he died because I feel like his body would have been found somewhere with the parachute. But I'm just wondering, was this like a, he just wanted to see if he could do it? He didn't even want the money. And so the money's been like stashed somewhere, like in a shoebox, buried in the backyard, something like that, just in like a, because he knows he pulled it off. He pulled off like the greatest sky pirate thing of all time. He's basically like the Joker in Dark Knight when he sets the giant pile of money on fire because he's like, I'm not doing this money. That's possible. You know how much I love to write a story. Because nobody got hurt and it didn't really do anything to anybody. My dream yeah, is that he went on to have two sons and he named them Dan and Cooper. Oh, if you know brothers named Dan and Cooper. <laughs> Report them to the police because they're for sure connected to this crime. Report them to us first. <laughs> Excuse okay, me. No, no, you're, you're right. right. You're right. Please first. I'm kidding. Police I'm kidding. First and then us. Um, that's a or great put us in the point. email chain. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great point. Really great point. Just well, as like yeah. an F you, you know. What are the other possibilities here? The other possibilities are that he never got off the plane. Is it possible that the people on the plane were somehow in on it? Interesting. And I the- wondered, did he possibly like was there somewhere he hid? But I guess once they landed they would have checked everywhere he could have possibly been but it's just so weird to me yeah because again it's the whole case of the fact that the money wasn't used right but also again i'm just so thrown by how do you know like say he took that money and then like went up to canada somewhere and bought a house and paid cash 
or bought something and like bought but something I guess throughout it would, the way. Like, you know, I just have the questions. idea is I think that it, that, that currency, like it eventually all comes back, like it cycles and it all has to like come back at some point. Like serendipity. In, th- <laughs> <Yeah>. in theory, <laughs> I feel like it has to come back to the treasury or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. Cause you know, how they can like recall bills and stuff, but you, you raise a great point. It feels like it would be very hard to track. My question again is, did someone cock up? Were those bills, you know, seemingly recorded and they weren't, or there was some sort of mistake or something and no one wants to admit it? Or was there somebody involved that was in on it? I want to know, assuming like, did you find like a bill on either side of it? You know what I mean? Like, you have bill like eight six three nine five. Oh no, I've already forgotten what number. So eight just, six three nine five. Yeah, have you ever found eight six three nine six? What about eight six three nine four? You know what I mean? Like I'm yep. just saying, like, have those bills ever come in? Because I just I feel like this is like a needle in a haystack to say that, but. But if you were going to do it just for the prestige, if you were going to be a joker about it and like, I'm never going to use the money. I just want to prove that I can. Like, yeah, it's a pretty risky one to pull off. But I guess to your point, then it's like, that's what makes it worth it. But doesn't it seem a little bit wild to like pull it off and then be like, I'm not going to take any of the kind of prize? Yeah, I don't I don't get it at all. I mean, it's and, just, and and maybe you said this, and I missed it because I was dreaming of chips and guac. But when he parachuted, yeah. there was nobody that saw anywhere along the route saw parachute because it's not typical that you see a human parachuting out of a plane. True. I mean, the other. I mean, it was also like late. It was dark by this point. But you would think that they still might see the parachute, but also there were those two aircraft following them and they saw nothing. So it's like, what's up with that? I have I just have so many questions and I just assume they interviewed everyone that was on that plane. But I'm just curious. Did they see this person? Is it just the crew that? were in touch with these people. Was it really like the flight attendant's boyfriend, you know, and that was their way of getting money. And then it didn't work out. Or was he like, he was actually the flight engineer that was on board. And then it was like, oof, no, it wasn't me. He like pulls off a fake mustache and he's like, I've been here the whole time. That's, that's, I think, my dream in most true crime cases is something goes wrong and they're, it's like Jean Parmesan <laughs> <Yep. laughs> on Arrested Development, mm-hmm. which is, oof, oh, this may be bold, but that might be one of my favorite bits that they do just because I love her reaction Yeah, every time Jean comes on. Oh, shit. And I did that the other day about something, and I already forget what it was. But, oh, uh, movie night, it was my pick. We have the no veto system, so I can pick whatever I want. It's not really. Like, it is, but, like, 
he he knows I'm like, you pick whatever you want, but he knows if you pick like gory, like a saw movie, I'll cry. Um, and if you, if I pick like something like super sappy, like the notebook, he'll be irritated about it. So there's like within reason, but my choice was Keanu. Um, because I, that movie, God, I love that movie. I love the way they play off each other and that cat. And now you know how often they show the cat in the movie. Just imagine every single time its face is on screen, me going, oh, every time throughout the whole movie. So it was like, I was Lucille freaking out about Jean Parmesan, but I was having just an, oh, about the cat. And it got to the point where my husband was like, again, still every time (laughs) was like, yeah, because you forget in the brief second, the cat is on screen, how cute he is. And then they show him again and it's like, okay. Yeah. Remember when we went to see that movie in Vancouver? I did. Yeah. I, uh, I uh, even referenced that the other night. That was the first time I got a cherry fountain or cherry Coke fountain drink. That's right. And the first time that I had seen a theater that had leather reclining seats. And I've never felt more like a country bumpkin than I do right now. I mean, I have for years, pretty much, I think since high school, um, started considering us a little country mouse city mouse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know because you were all it was like go to visit you it's like you're in toronto and then you were in chicago and then la and so it's like i'm coming from a a small town and it's just like oh darn you know like i don't know what's oh sorry don't mean to be in your way and then it's you know then i get off the plane coming home and i'm just like what's up bitches (laughs) you know so you really adapt to your new environment You you do you know you do. Yeah. I have one more theory about DB Cooper. Oh, I can't wait. And it's one of it's one of my batshit ones. That he fathered Winnie Cooper. No, but I love that. I'm gonna say it. Yeah. I if you're gonna judge me, that's fine. Aliens. What Ooh, if <laughs> what if yep. he disappeared because he was either deliberately or accidentally taken onto an alien craft. What if he was an alien? And maybe this was like some sort of crazy scavenger hunt type challenge. Maybe it was frosh week. You know what I mean? Am I being punked? (laughs) (laughs) Number one, no judgment. Number two, thank you for making me believe that aliens go through frosh week. <laughs> Young alien. It's initiation yeah. time. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Young aliens going to college and it's like your challenge is to go to earth. Yeah. And somehow get this amount of money. You can do it whatever way you want. And this alien chose this. And that's or, why the numbers were never shown because he spent it on his planet. Or one more for you, time travel. Okay, that I like. That see, think this about this. Is it? Yeah. Right. What if DB? What if Dan Cooper did come from that comic a few years later? Because he 
had to go back to the future. And they didn't, they stopped tracing for those bills or whatever. Did his mom try and sleep with him? <laughs> it's so creepy when you rewatch it. I got to tell you. I know there's. What if this, what if he robbed the plane or, you know, yeah. did the, did the deed? Yeah. Sky pirated. Yeah. And then he went back in time. So then there was no way you could trace those bills, baby. No one's looking for him. Oh, okay. He deposits that money into an account. Then he goes back to the future and he's got his money ready to go. Well, I think you just figured out back to the future four. Listen, you did the conversion. He stole the money in the 70s, went back in time, deposited it into an account so that no one was tracing the bills, right? And then he just went forward. He left it in the account. He went forward in time and it was a million dollars. Oh my God. What if he's now? Yeah. What if he went back to now? Oh God, what a disappointment if he went back, if he went to like, what, what time seems far? 2020 seems far. What a mistake. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Get me back in the craft. Oh my God. What if he listens to the show? Dan Cooper, if you're listening, blink twice. I'm kidding. Um, We just would like to have you on the show. And we can, you can remain anonymous. I'm assuming you're not going by Dan Cooper anymore. I pray that there is a Twitter account. I am Dan Cooper. <laughs> Someone's going to start it after they hear this. That's for sure. Oh, I, it doesn't I already exist. That. Bless their hearts if they do. I'm uh, just saying, like, is there something like a little paranormal, a little supernatural? Like, is there something like that that could explain his disappearance? I like that. I would like it to be a little bit um, quantum leap. Oh, but in this case, instead of just leaping to different bodies, his body leaps to the different to different places. So when he left the plane, his body just like and he ended up somewhere else. Kind of like sliders. God damn it. Another like time travel show where the lead male is a brunette that I'm attracted to. So, yes. (laughs) Now, hold on a second. I can't, please refresh me. There are three I can think of. One is a movie, technically. <laughs> if you're if we're talking time travel sort of shows where the lead is a brunette male, I can think of three off the top of my head. If that's what you're asking, put three pins in those three <laughs> things because that's not what I was going to say. Okay, I was going to say. Please just remind me very quickly. Um, how long after the sky piracy? Yeah, was the 5,300 found how long after? Because again, this could be part of the trick. They, they left it there as a like, see, he probably died. Um, the event occurred in 1971. The money was found in 1980. Uh Aha. And 1978 is when they found the part of the plane from the stairs. So don't you think it's possible that he took those things when he time traveled and then has periodically left them in different years like a trail of breadcrumbs? Look, now that we've gone this direction, 
Mm-hmm. I would like to say, if this is a thing that we continue to do once a month, where we do the lighter cases, I pray that this is the this is the only way we're going to get to every time be like time travel, aliens, back to the future, slider. <laughs> it's the it's the only way, and yeah. you know what. Dear people, if you're if you're into that and you want to see us take like true crime and turn it on its head. <laughs> you say turn it on its head, I say I'm giving viable possibilities. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, so I like the alien. I was like, probably not, but don't hurt her feelings. But time travel, I'm like, I, this is a story that I like. This is definitely a story that I like. So let's go back to the three pins. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Again, what, one I realized was a movie. Okay. So, um, oh, shit, four then, if I'm counting movies. Wow. <laughs> um, Jerry O'Connell sliders. Scott Bakula, Quantum Leap, um, Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future. <sighs> Hugh Jackman from uh, Kate and Leopold. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next question. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Time Traveler's Wife? Oh yeah. Who's that? Is that Eric Bana? Um, it it is Eric Bana. You know what? I'm gonna say, and this is no shade to Eric Bana. I, I if I if like gun to my head, you have to choose between the leads, <laughs> I'm gonna choose Rachel McAdams, who is a brunette. You, you know? have a type, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I like to hear is that you are more interested in a very tiny Michael J. Fox than a swarthy, <laughs> solid Eric Bana. Um, first of all, those are your <laughs> your your specific definitions of him. Again, I have nothing against him. I just, oh God, this makes me feel like an asshole, but I just don't consider him in the grand scheme of things. Here's the thing from Blanche to say she doesn't consider somebody like Blanche considers everybody, including John Larroquette. So to me, <laughs> you've, you've seen how tall he is, right? You're, Eric Bana, like, are, I mean, I'm just going to really quickly just pull up yeah. a picture of Eric Bana. Yeah. Like, like, and I want, look, just clear. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Clear your mind. Yeah. Clear your preconceived notions. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Clear it all out. I will. Just keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. I want you. I'm just going to flash a photo. Yeah. And have and and I want Blanche's immediate reaction. Okay. Oh, Three. male flashcards. I like this. Mm-hmm. I should get them made. Three, two, one. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't really? control. I don't control her. She controls me. <laughs> Look, 
You know what I'm going to say? I've, I believe I've said it on a last call before. I don't know. This is all blurred together for me. So I'm, I this also could have been said just between you and I. Sure. On, when we talk after. Um, if, you, if you'd flashed the right photo of, of Jack Black, you would have got a yes, ma'am. I've got a. Sh- I've got one more for you. Oh no! What if three? We Clear your mind. Three, mm-hmm. two, one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for those listening and not watching, this is a to date picture of John Larroquette. He is an older man at this Look, point, and she is you all about it. You can't help what's been in your soul and ingrained in you from childhood true i mean if i showed you a photo of current day jeff from today's special you'd react what isn't that his name yes yeah i mean would i i'm gonna say this is my belief that certain crushes in our developing years, they stick with you. They stick in your core. Mm-hmm. They age, but we say the same age kind of thing. <laughs> I, that made no How sense. How does it always come back to Matthew McConaughey? Because he's a cultural icon. I know. I actually genuinely want to read his book. And I feel like that will be my moment of like, I'm... I'm team McConaughey. You know what it is about McConaughey? I think that's maybe maybe the game recognizes game <laughs> situation. Mm. In tell me, maybe I've got the wrong actor. In like the mid '90s, maybe somewhere in there, maybe early 2000s, he was dating Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. and then he played the bongos outside her bedroom window, buck naked. Mm-hmm. So that was him. Yeah. I think from the moment I heard that story, my brain just went, ah, yeah. And then I just, I separated what he looked like from bongos. I think the part that just bothers me the most is I'm just not interested in bongos. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Okay. This is, see, this is where it starts. The contradictions start to come though. Like you're telling me that Blanche is not interested in a percussionist. Get real. Oh, in bongos. Like if Kurt Dahl was going to be like, I've changed now. I'm like, if when I was like 16, he's like, you know what? I'm going to stop playing these drums. I'm going to start playing bongos. I would have just gone. Oh no, no. I'm loyal to him for life. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the bigger point. This is the bigger point. If it was like a, a like a kit, like a set, is that what you call it at all? No, a kit. Yeah, yeah. If it was a kit, maybe. But bongos, I'm just like, oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna get letters. It was just. <laughs> it was just too hippie for me. I get it. And I was just like, I could never be that person. I'm never going to Burning Man. Yeah. You know, that's just not who I am. So, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, like, thinking of any crush I had in my youth and thinking of them today, I mean, most of them 
were about my age. I don't well, no, I guess Brian Adams. That was a big age difference. But when I was a kid, when I was like 10, 11, I used to say all the time that when I was 18 and David Duchovny was 40, we would be together. And I thought that was fine because I would be legal and that our 22 age, 22 year age difference would no longer matter. I wish that my mother <laughs> had taken a teachable moment, you know? Yeah. But maybe that's not something to be like constantly talking about, spreading around, believing, you know? I mean, well, it just, you, you knew what you wanted and you were yeah. like, I'm going to go for it. I don't know if I was ever that passionate about like a celebrity where I was like, well, once I'm this age, together forever. I mean, I, you know lot, me. I, like, I mate for life. I mate for life. That is true. And I think that's really lovely. And look, he should be so lucky. Yeah. You know, so listen I don't, to Coveney. Yeah. I don't know you who should be so lucky. He, he's with now. I don't They've divorced, I don't. right? Yeah. I've heard stories over the years through the grapevine and uh ah, you know See, that's the worst i i have concerns about so many because blanche has so many that there are going to be so many that are going to come back as not great dudes you know statistically you're going to have some that are problematic yeah and if i if minute. i could choose which ones would be problematic and which ones would be safe. It'd be a tough choice, but that's something I'm willing to do. Well, who I'm worried for in that, in that scenario, who I'm yeah. worried for is Eric Bana because <laughs> he's an innocent man. As far as I know. <laughs> oh my God. That's the second snort tonight. I snorted in our normal episode too. Oh, oh, was that when I made that slip? And then oh. we just laughed at me for a while. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not saying anything is wrong with Eric Bana. I think he has an accent, so that goes in his favor, right? I might put together a small PowerPoint. Oh, my God. Eric Bana. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're not I'm even not, as sold on him, right? I'm not passionate about Eric Bana. I never have been. But, the, but but Blanche saying a hard no, I don't know why. This doesn't sit right with me. I don't know why. Now, if I find out he's, he's problematic, then maybe Blanche yeah. was right all along and I should just never question her. Look, I, I don't, I stopped trying to understand her decades ago mm. because when you look at the, at the list, sure, when she was a, a teen and barely a Blanche, it was like, is he a blonde, like currently like famous covers of Tiger Beat type of dude? Then yeah, she's probably gonna like him. Like the DiCaprio and the Devon Sawa of the world. What about Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Where were you on him? 100%. <laughs> oh, she's grabbed her face. That was a real one. I tapped I... something. <laughs> Yes. I, he was the only reason that you watch Home Improvement. He was sassy. He did have a little tude to him and he had kind of that like yes. little gravelly voice. Yeah. 
Yes. And I was obsessed with the Lion King. So I did have photos of Jonathan Taylor Thomas because I I was just going to try and take the song OPP and turn it into JTT. (laughs) I'm down with JTT. Yeah, you know me, you know. (laughs) I think that's the song of our generation. I think there's a lot of people listening to this right now that are saying, heck, yes. Yes. What was your opinion on Zachary Ty Bryan? Because I always thought he was the under... (laughs) Your face, your face immediately, immediately, your lip curled. You were literally like. When you're given the option of the three, you choose one, you done one, you're done. So you can't have a, you can't pick one and then kind of lean towards another. I got you. Wasn't a huge fan. Again. I own I I have such blinders. So if there's like a show that has multiple in it, I don't know that could cause a problem. I'm sure it's happened before. Well, yeah, I mean, isn't Friends problematic for you because you have an interest in Matt LeBlanc and in Matthew Perry? Well, see, that Friends is something that's interesting enough I'd write a a thesis paper on because not about the show, about my uh, attraction to the characters over the years. Sure. From day one, when that show first came on, it was it was Chandler Bing. I Matthew Perry, drawn to him. He was the one. And then after like a second or third rewatch, something, once I was like in my 20s, then it was like, uh-huh. But like, just one sec, Chandler, excuse me. So Joey, how you doing? Like, I saw the sweetness and the uh, just the pure innocence of Joey, and I've come around. So they were at separate times. They meant Young- different things to you. Yes. So have yeah, you seen sense. the the previews for the reunion show that's happening on HBO Max? I have not. I'm terrified. But I've seen photos and I know that Matt LeBlanc is where I'm still at. Now, it is kind of like it's not an episode of the show. Like they're doing right. a, a reunion, literally. But they do play trivia at one point like they did in that episode. Oh, you remember? Yes, of course. Cute, Very cute. But at one, one point, there was a moment where it was like, Rachel, you know, Rachel and Ross on a break. And Dave, uh, Matthew, there's so many. I'm so sorry. Matt LeBlanc had a very visceral response or that's how they edited it. And it was very cute that he was like seemingly very anti that, which I thought was cute. I, he should have been my choice from day one, but I wasn't, but I wasn't ready yet. I was more. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you had to grow. I get it. I had to grow as a person and go less about the person as they are and more about what they look like, which feels like the wrong curve to turn. Well, I mean, in, in general life, bad move, but in celebrity crushes, I think that's fair. I mean, also in my defense, Joey is so lovable and sweet. And there gets to be a point where Chandler's just kind of an ass, Mm. you know, whereas I, there's that episode about, um, Joey 
on a game show of some kind and he has to list, I think it's the, the pyramid one. And he has to list, it's like the, the, the categories, like things that are white Mm. or something. And they said the, the clue was like things you find in your fridge. So he lists a bunch of stuff and then just goes a ghost. And it makes me laugh so hard every time and everything that comes up. And then it's like, no, that's the wrong thing. Pass. So they give him another clue and he lists a bunch of things and then just goes a ghost. And it makes me every time like I hear it in my head and I laugh and everyone I speak to about it is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I'll give that episode a rewatch. It's it's funny. And well, speaking of that, when we were in recording the episode tonight, which was the uh, deep water, the real story episode. At one point you mentioned the term grievous bodily harm. And we've been really into Alan Partridge in this house for the past couple months. I mean, I have always been into Alan Partridge, but we've like really been like watching his new show, rewatching his movie. Like, and there's, there's this bit where he's listing all of these, he's gone to the police station to like report a crime and he's listing all the different things. And it was like mm-hmm. actual bodily harm, grievous bodily harm, harm. And it makes me laugh every time. Like I say grievous bodily harm like every day and I have for about the past two months. So the, when you said grievous bodily harm, it was the greatest performance of my acting career because <laughs> Because you were talking again about a terrible crime, terrible, yes, of terrible course, crime. Of course. And I was like, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't go into the voice. And so I did keep it together. But I was excited to tell you that that is one of my like, we have a bunch of like Alan Partridge-isms now. Like there's a joke in the movie too, where someone's like, isn't that guy 60? And he goes, I'm 55. And so my boyfriend and I, anytime the word 55 or five is said, we say it as Alan Partridge, like it's like, like, I'm not kidding. Like a million times a day. There's also this one clip. This is the last thing I'll say after he does the, the reporting in the police station, actual bodily harm, grievous bodily harm, that whole bit, he turns and they say something and he goes, Oh, and it's just like this dumb reaction where he's just like, Oh no, but he's like, and we do it probably 10,000 times a day to each other. To the point that I went and I filmed my TV playing the movie and I I took the clip where it's it's a literal one second clip on my phone and my boyfriend and I will just send that clip like periodically to each other like once every two or three days when like the other person has forgotten about it at some random point in the day. There'll just be a video that pops up that it's Alan Partridge going, and it's again. So anyway, long story short, too late. That's um, that's where I'm at. I'm going to say this. That's love. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Love I'm, is bits. Love is bits. Love is bits because you, at the end of the day, you're just two people spending a heck of a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be friends at some level because whether you're friends before or friends during or however that works, but just something to, you know, something that makes it work. And, you know, I was always somebody that thought it was kind of bullshit when people would be like, I'm marrying my best friend. And I'm like, fuck that. Like I was (laughs) 
always just like, I have great friends. Like I don't need another one. Um, But I do think that if I learned anything from the pandemic, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just how high companionship is on the relationship list. That was a real learning eye opener for me. Yeah. That, it, you know, at the end of the day, when you're in a global pandemic and that hasn't happened in a hundred years and you're trapped in your home with one other person and you don't know if you're going to live or die, <laughs> you got to have the bits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the thing, you know, that's, I was, see, I've always been drawn to the funny because I know that's, uh, that's just, it just feels right to me. And Chandler was funny to me at first, but then I turned and saw the light of Joey being funny. So, and that's not so much choosing for life because I abandoned them at one point, but uh, today, and I love that it happened like 14, 15 years after we started dating, um, my husband and I officially made our this is for life, right? <laughs> Today, which is amazing. Uh, he made a joke. Our The kids were so loud. They make so much noise. Um, and my husband turns to me and goes, you know, I like you, but I'm not sure I like your kids. <laughs> and I said, you know what? This is why this has to work. Because what two people out there are going to like us for ourselves and our kids enough that they're going to date us and ignore our flaws. You know, like that's not going to happen. And he's like, Oh yes, I, you need to know we're, we're in this for life. I'm like, we're deciding that now a decade past our marriage. We're deciding that now. So yeah, great news for us. We've decided this is it because, and we're like, but this is solid. Right. And it's like, yeah, like we have that moment where we're like this, right. Yeah. Okay. And we just move on. I feel like I need to get you another gift. Like the wedding, (laughs) sure, one thing. But it's like the moment that you really decide, it's like, oh, you should get that person, like, I don't know, a set of steak knives or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it seems ridiculous to think of it so late in the game. But, you know, again, bits. Yeah. Because it's been nonstop bits since the moment I embarrassed myself in my wedding vows and it was like that was a bit for years um because I said something (laughs) that made me laugh because it was the only thing I could say that would make me not full cry because I think I was already crying and I said something to stop myself from crying which is how it works like (laughs) earlier in that episode I felt like a tear coming and so I let out like a half laugh and my brain went nope Tears got to suck back up in her face because we don't have time for it because I can envision the crime scene photos. Can't get into it, but you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta take laughter where you can get it. You do. And if you can find that in a friendship, in someone that touches your junk. <laughs> well, on that note, yes, we're almost out of time, but we got more time. For a wacky true crime headline. It's the other new segment we're doing on the show. Paul Schaefer, get (laughs) out of here. Go to hell, you turtle man. (laughs) Um, 
Thank you for that. Why am I coming from all shape? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He seems lovely, but I'm so many drinks in at this point. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Christy did research a mini case. And what I'm bringing to the table is that I am going to, every time we do one of these episodes, I'm going to bring a wacky true crime headline I found. So this one is from October 23rd, 2014. And the headline is Florida man, big surprise, Florida man, because there's that whole account. I'm not saying I'm yeah. anti-Florida. I'm just saying there's that whole of Florida course. man account. Florida man once arrested for fighting drag queen with tiki torch runs for mayor. <laughs> Boyd Corbin was reportedly dressed in an ironic KKK costume at a Halloween party in 2012 when he allegedly got into a brawl with a man in drag, leading to his bust for aggravated assault. But that didn't stop him from running for mayor of the small city of Wilton Manors two years later. Now, from what I found, I don't believe he won that election. It appears that he uh, (laughs) ran, but uh, that's the last I've heard. Uh, But that that was I first of all, the fact that you would think an, a KKK outfit would be ironic and fun for Halloween paints a picture. And yeah. then, of course, getting into a tiki torch uh, fight that results in you getting charged with uh, aggravated assault. And then you go to run for mayor. I mean, chef's kiss. Come on. I have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my dream was that you were going to tell me that he lost but somehow had run unopposed. (laughs) I don't even think that's possible, but that was my dream. I want that to be true. Or he lost to like a dog. It's like one of those towns where the mayor is a dog. Both both the scenario I said and that one basically happened to Dan Fielding on a recent episode of Night Court. Not a recently made episode, a a recent (laughs) To you episode. <laughs> yes. Because this I'm talking like season two um, from 1985. Thank uh, you. Dan ran against a dead man or against a man who died during. So he was like, obviously, I'm going to win. And then everyone voted for the dead guy. <laughs> uh, and then I think there was an animal in there at one point. But the point is, it always comes back to Larroquette. On that note, listen, I think this was a very successful foray into a little like hybrid app. What did you feel? I think it was great. I mean, Blanche got to come out. Blanche was out. I'm only concerned that I feel like I've shamed you with this Eric Bana business. No, because I have no horse in that race. And why that's the person I'm digging in on, I will never know. But hashtag justice for Eric Bana, I'm going to get it one way or another. (laughs) I feel like I'm just going to start receiving multiple photos just every once in a while of Eric Bana with like a question mark. It's going to be literally me sending the video that my boyfriend and I send each other going, and then Eric Bana. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. Any time of day or night, they're going to come for you. (laughs) I look forward to it. Yeah. Listen, it's always a joy. Um, Listen, dear patrons, thank you so much for tuning into this last call. True crime, mini true crime, fun, new hybrid episode. We so appreciate your support here. Um, We have so much fun doing Patreon and connecting with all of you. And we deeply appreciate your support. It allows us to continue to make the show, which is very meaningful to us. And I know um, to a lot of you as well. So thank you again. Christy, do you want to say goodnight to the people? Goodnight, people. Goodnight, everybody.
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to True Crime and Cocktails. It's your bitch, Christy, and I hope that you're enjoying this special peek into Patreon. Did you know that I share a birthday with a variety of celebrities? And did you know that I'm going to force you to listen as I list some of them off? I mean, I say force, but I think we all know it's just another gift. So may I present to you 10 celebrities who were born on November 22nd. And please note that they are not in any particular order. Number one, Rodney Dangerfield. Number two, Mariel Hemingway. Number three, Mads Mickelson. Number four, Tyler Hilton. Number five, Haley Bieber. Number six, Jamie Lee Curtis. Number seven, Dacre Montgomery, a.k.a. Billy from Stranger Things. And while I'm talking about Stranger Things, shout out to Joe Keery for no other reason um, other than the fact that I can't say Stranger Things without thinking of Joe Keery. And at this point, I've gone mad with power. So it is what it is. A number eight, continuing with my list, Richard Kind. Number nine, Scarlett Johansson. And number 10, Mark Ruffalo. That's right, two Avengers in one day. That's impressive. Not as impressive as the fact that I managed to sneak a list into this episode. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's OCD. No, this, I absolutely should cut that. Anyhow, uh, now that we've got the list out of the way, it's time to jump back into another episode. So without further ado, please enjoy this Last Call episode from July 2022. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this Last Call episode of True Crime and Cocktails, a Patreon exclusive. We're so glad that you're here. As always, I am your host, Lauren Ash, and as always, I am joined by my co-hostess with the most S, Christy Oxborough. How you feeling? I just... I feel like I've witnessed a parade of death. Yeah. Well, you you, you kind of me. Kinda did, I feel like yeah. I orchestrated a parade of death <laughs> and then forced myself to attend. Yeah. You know, if that makes yes. sense. It was a lot. It was a a lot. We have not covered that many um deaths probably in a year. Yeah. Because there were 14 of them in that in total. Well, I mean, we do do a death a week usually, don't we? Yeah. But do we do 14 in a single episode? Oh no, but you said in a year. So I'm sorry. I'm meaning we haven't done 
this many in an episode in like a year. Yes. So sorry. But yes, I'm you're so, right. Yes. There I was going to say, we've done so more many than 13 deaths in a year, but <laughs> we have. <laughs> it's we a have. semantics game. Of um, course. For those of you who are like, what episode are you talking about? I don't know why you have a weird little accent like that. <laughs> hey, what episode, I'm walking hey, here. what episode are you talking about? I love that I'm Apparently, Joe Pesci here. I was just going to say Joe Pesci is who I am. Uh, our our quintessential Patreon listener is. <laughs> um, we just recorded the Lindsay Buziak episode of the show, which of course, yeah. uh, Lindsay being a real estate agent, and then Christy led us on a parade of horror, uh, outlining how dangerous it is to be a real estate agent in terms of getting murdered. Yeah, and uh, great news. There's more. Uh, I'm assuming I have more <laughs> fabulous. Oh boy. Uh, okay. So we, I mean, we only did 14 yeah. and don't worry. I'm a, I, I'm capping it at six. Hey, this time, um, a six cool specific mix, cases, cool. two, two of them involve multiple people in the case. When I hear the number six, you know what I think of? McDonald's McNuggets. That's oh. what I think of. A cool six piece. You know what I'm saying? Do you remember when they were five? Yeah. Do you also remember? It was five uh, and nine, wasn't it? It was, well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you like how I knew serious I, I, got I knew there? I was yes. I knew I was asking the right person. Well, because this wasn't just this was a historical question. Yeah. And you're you take history very seriously. So you were like, this is a question. I know the answer to it, especially there our history. Go. Yeah, I do take it oh. very seriously. And then, of course, and I know we brought this up before, so I won't I won't dwell on it. But one time as kids, we got taken to a pool and we got left there at the pool, which for me was wild because I don't think I'd ever been left anywhere at that point in my life. Um, I got left everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't but, that bad. My childhood no, was no. fine. Uh, listen, we're all getting by. Uh, yeah. but when Christy's dad picked us up, we went through a McDonald's drive through mm-hmm. and that's when, and we were ordered a 20 piece. Yeah. And I felt like I had hit gold. Like I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Yeah. We were also old enough to be left alone too. Weren't we like 13? Like I was, oh, I was we old must have been like to, 14. Yeah. Yeah. I was old enough to be left alone at a pool, Lauren. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was that was that was a moment for me though, and then and yeah. then that's when you dumped those nuggets in that bag and rolled that bag down for the first time. Yeah, not the and last. <laughs> Never be the last. <laughs> no. What I like is just how, um, oh, ingrained in us, uh, McDonald's is in our memories. Yeah. Like you have that distinct memory. I have the distinct memory of us. Um, uh, I think it was a Jurassic Park re-release when they had the dino size fries at McDonald's. (laughs) Of course. I remember I have a vivid, vivid memory. And I don't remember. I don't have a lot of memories from when I was like young, young. But this I was, oh, God, I don't know, maybe six ish. we were driving, we, we, we were like family vacation, going camping somewhere, and we were driving late to try and get to a specific campsite to sleep. And it was late. It was dark. Um, I think my siblings had fallen asleep or something. I don't know. But it was like, uh-oh, we got we to gotta make that youngest go to bed. And for whatever reason, 
go through the McDonald's drive-thru. We got some snacks and I got a little thumper toy from Bambi. I held on to that thing. I clutched it. And then because it was a different time, they put me on the floor of the vehicle to sleep while we drove so my siblings could each get a bench. Looking back, I realized (laughs) that felt unkind. It's fine. Again, my childhood is fine. But the point is, I I, I so vividly remember falling asleep, trying like anytime we drive past like a, a light where there would be a tiny bit of light in the vehicle, I could just stare at Thumper's little face. And he had little arms that moved. He had a carrot in his hand. I just, to this day, it is so ingrained in my brain. I remember a time where I was very, very drunk. So I shouldn't remember it. Uh, we had gone to uh, my grandfather's birthday party. Uh, I was an adult. Like I was late 20s. <laughs> I don't think I was married yet. Uh, but my hus- now husband, then boyfriend, uh, went with me. I think he was going to meet family. And we were at this birthday party. And that side of the family, we like a booze. Uh, and we, I, I did not realize I'd had as much as I had. And we had a long drive, like a four-hour drive home. We were not driving. Uh, I think my parents were driving. And I was like back row of the vehicle, as far back as you can go. And I did not think that I was drunk at all. I knew I'd had a drink. I probably had a couple. And the person pouring them, oh, it was a stiff drink. Stiff. Sorry. That's uh, David from Schitt's Creek. The point is... Uh, I, I had a lot more than I realized. I thought I was completely sober. We had, with these drinks, a massive like turkey meal, full like Thanksgiving-like meal. Minutes later, we get in the car. We drive. We drive about 30 minutes, and I see a McDonald's, and I went, ah, oh, snack wraps, yeah. And that's the moment I stopped and turned to my boyfriend and went, I'm wasted. (laughs) (laughs) I just ate so much food and I see McDonald's and I was like, I'd kill a snack wrap right now. Anybody else? And they had to make a stop because I was like, I'm going to need that snack wrap. Maybe they felt guilty about making me sleep on the floor of the vehicle. It's not the point. The point is. yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah. I have, I just have so many vivid memories that involve McDonald's. I remember going there. I remember every single time I got a toy from there. which is wild. Like, I just can't. Like, there's just, I have so many memories that are surrounded by McDonald's. I don't, I just don't know what it is, but it's ingrained in my life. Well, I think that there is something about the colors. I think there's something about, I'm sure there's chemicals in the food. Oh, I'm sure of it. That have have changed, like, the neuro pathways in our brains. Um, Make you crave for it. Well, yeah, I did read that there is anti-vomit. There's like an anti-vomit chemical in the food because they don't want people to throw up McDonald's. They don't want it to be like the last thing you throw up because then you're going to associate being sick with McDonald's. Of course. Oh, that's why for hangovers, it's like the greatest thing because it makes you not puke. Oh, my God. could be an urban legend. I don't know. But that's I do think that if ever I'm like, well, I can see that being true. Yes, because nothing cures what ails you like mcdonald's 
I also just want to oh, ask one clarifying question about tomorrow. you having to sleep on the floor of that car. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give you a like a blanket and a pillow? Like were you or was it I just don't on- believe so. Oh my god. <laughs> Air floor? That sounds awful and dirty. I I was young at the time. I don't recall it anything. Like I recall in the moment being like an oh I'm getting moved to the floor. And now in my adulthood, looking back at it, I realized, right. It was so that my older siblings could each lay down on a bench. That was the only thing they could think of. But it's like, oh my God. Like it's those things where it happens in your youth and you're like, okay, I guess that's normal. And then you go to somebody else's house and you're like, that is not normal. Yeah. You know, like where you realize my family might have some stuff going on now i've i've got one final question was the floor flat or was it like in cars where there's like a hole for the feet and then in the middle there's a hump like i also worried about your back (laughs) thank you for worrying about my back i am Um, well this was when we owned that big van oh like the big van with the two rows um so i it would have been fairly flat where i was I mean, after we that van, we did get another van where instead of the two rows, it was a row and then two buckets seats in front of it. So we would have just each had a bucket seat. We could have reclined. But I guess they didn't. Like, I just think of like, I would, again, different times. I would never be like, you know what? Our kid want, needs to lie down in the car. I'm just going to put them on the floor. Not a seatbelt in sight. Let it go. It just even makes a sense. hard breaking. I mean, you would have been little at the time. You got a hard breaking. You would have been rolling around like, yeah. God bless you. You could have broken in your neck. The true anyway, joke is I was the, I was tiny. Like I was I, so I tiny when I was little. And then shockingly, I guess I got into issues with food, possibly for reasons like that. <laughs> Who knows? The point is she's doing her best. Uh, yeah. Never thought of it as a negative thing. Until I said it out loud and went, oh, my God, like the amount of times that has happened in my life where I've said something and then gone, wait a minute. Oh, God, like that's and I mean, I'm not lying right now. My mouth is watering because I'm thinking I just suddenly realized our McDonald's recently got waffle fries and I haven't tried them yet. Waffle fries? I will have tried them by this time tomorrow. (laughs) I plan on, uh, husband, if you're oh. listening to this, it will have happened weeks ago because we record these a it little is. in advance, but I need you to know tomorrow we will be getting McDonald's. But for my sake, forget that we recorded this in, in advance. So when you're hearing this on the day, know that tomorrow we're getting McDonald's. <laughs> then I get it twice. Yeah. I mean, I'll pay for it one of those times. We can go Dutch. (laughs) I just want to go waffle fries. He won't, and that's fine. I would need to try these. I need to see what they're like. Are they the normal fries, but in the waffle shape, or is there like a coating on them? Is it a totally fry? I don't know. I see. Yeah, now I'm intrigued. I need this, and then I need, I'm going to write a note to give you the waffle fry update. Thank God. 
I also just want to say a couple quick things about McDonald's because it's all we talk about. I <laughs> also remember the dino fries. And around that time, there was also the shaker fries where you could pick a flavor oh. and it was like a powder. So I remember I had sour cream and onion. My mouth is watering now. I sour know. cream and onion powder. And you put your fries in a bag with the powder and you shook them up when they were really hot, when they were oh. really hot and fresh. And, and it, it, it's like hot popcorn yeah. years later with the powder that you put on, which is, of course, my favorite thing in the world. Um, why did they get rid of that? Because that was a revelation for me. And I only got to have it one time. But yeah, I remember one of my er- earliest memories was a birthday party at McDonald's. And they, they gave me a tour of the kitchen. And I hey. felt alive. I felt alive. <laughs> I poured myself an orange pop. Oh, and I also got to do a soft serve sundae. I think I chose strawberry, which I think was my least favorite flavor. I At the time, I, I think I panicked. I don't know. Of course. There's a picture it's a lot of, of me, pressure. Though. Yeah, there's a picture of me there and uh, in, the, in the back. And wow, that was amazing. Um, all of this is to say Christy did get a gift that I sent her in the mail today w- that was unmarked. That was just yes. a, a hoodie with nuggets on it. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and this is yeah. why. We come it is. Honestly. So there you go. It is. It's amazing. Like there's just so many things that always come back comes back to McDonald's. I distinctly remember, I'm going to say fourth or fifth grade, you know, how sometimes schools do like special lunch days. My kids sometimes get like pizza or sometimes they get Subway or whatever that you pre-order, whatever. When I was a kid, there was one time they let us order McDonald's for lunch, like the whole school. And I remember getting nuggets I remember showing up and everybody, you had the choice between, are you getting a bur- like a burger happy meal or are you getting like the nugget happy meal or whatever? I don't even think we got the toys with it. I think we just got, maybe it was a bigger meal than a happy meal. But I remember nobody got to pick a drink. You got the orange drink and that was it. Like you did not get to pick anything else because they brought it in the big like Gatorade style, huge oh, yeah. jugs. And I just remember walking into that gym seeing tables piled with McDonald's and my little brain was like, it doesn't get better than this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, congratulations, ma'am. You have peaked. This is it. Life won't get better. Uh, and then we got our meal and then we got to choose like where in the gym you were going to sit to consume it. And we sat right on the button, right in the middle because it was one of my friend's birthdays. Actually, I don't even know if that's true. I know that's what we told people. <laughs> so I'm not sure if, we, if it was accurate. I don't remember. I could see us lying just to be like, we're eating wow. our McDonald's in the center of the gym. But like I, the, so many memories, like we could write a book about McDonald's memories and we'll we finish it off with them at some point. Because again, this is, this is something. It's it's outrageous. Like at some point, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've I've written down to rem, to remind myself to talk about the waffle fries. If they aren't there anymore, I'm gonna be livid. How have I not heard about this? Is this Canadian only? I don't know. That would be rare. I mean, but who knows? It was there the last time I was there. It, I saw it like in. I always go there. I know exactly what I'm getting, so I don't tend to bother with the board. But then it was this ad of like new. And I was like, I need to try that. And then I didn't in the moment I was like, just 
because my husband was ordering and I didn't want to confuse him and shout at him like I was trying to do. But I was like, I'm put a pin in that. I'm going to go back for it. And my oldest has had them and told me they were good, but I don't have any uh, any more I've, details. I've pulled up the website. Oh, I can't wait. It says whole potatoes cut in a lattice design coated in a crispy batter. Oh, fuck. I may have to go tonight. <laughs> I may just a quick run there. They are it's, open 24 hours. Look, I'm open to this and I'm interested. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's interesting to me that McDonald's is like the one thing that McDonald's wins hands down against anyone is fries. Like, McDonald's, you don't need to change the fries. You've got that on lock. Yeah. No one else can top you. Also, bring back pizzas. The pizzas were fucking good. <laughs> Those personal pans, yeah. there is still somewhere you can get them, I think. Did I dream that? I think there's like one place in the world or something. I might. I, I, I think that's wishful thinking. Well, if there is, book the flight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would we really travel somewhere for it? Yeah. As of 2022, McDonald's pizza is available at only one location do you want to guess <laughs> please tell me like delaware <laughs> <laughs> it's not delaware okay. but it is in the united states okay okay oh um chicago i tried to go too far with pizza no nope, um, it's not chicago okay. i like where your head is at let's think of somewhere where where is the one place in the world that is going to have children all the time? Florida? Yeah. Oh no. Well, it's in it's in Orlando. Well, book that Disney trip. <laughs> Look, Siler, Leslie Siler, friend of the podcast, and I, we've been we've been toying about it. Uh, about going to Disney World for years. This is our 20-year anniversary of friendship. What I'm saying is, it looks like you're going to have to book a flight because this is going <laughs> to turn into a three-way road trip. Uh, by road trip, I just mean from the airport to the McDonald's that has pizza. I mean, are you yeah. kidding? I, I want to go. I, I know that sounds silly, but I, I want that pizza more oh, than I want anything. To anyone who's still listening to this, that will not sound silly at all. <laughs> Yeah, good point. I just good point. Drudge up some childhood memories all because of McDonald's. Could I tell you right now who my first, second, third, fourth grade teachers were? No. No. But I can tell you where I was on certain days when certain McDonald's things went down. Like it's ridiculous. I specifically remember after school. The what Rosie O'Donnell, when she had her show, I remember McDonald's gifting her the entire 101 Dalmatians toy set. Oh, you've brought this up before on the show. <laughs> this is, this it's, is it's a sticking point. You. It's, it's a sticking <laughs> point for me. I think that was my moment of like, wait, if you're famous enough, places just give you things. And to that, I say, I'm not famous. But McDonald's, I'd like to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Now, listen, uh, I'll look into this deeper because now I'm worried. Is it the same pizza or is it just a pizza? And I'm not booking a flight if it's not the same pizza with that like cornmeal on the crust. You know what I'm talking about on the bottom. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I can't believe this is a thing. I can't believe that this is where we're at. But I couldn't be happier. Uh, to walk into this office tomorrow and see double starred waffle fry update. (laughs) (laughs) And my hope is that I'm going to be like, well, update. I went when we were done recording and then ate them in the car in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Again, when I was, uh, oh God, what child was that? I think it was, I was pregnant with my third child. And all I wanted all the time was meat. And I went through that drive-thru and I got two double quarter pounders and two drinks. So they didn't know that I was eating them them both. And then I sat in that parking lot and I housed those burgers and I couldn't have been happier. And you know, one of his favorite foods in the world is, is cheeseburgers. He comes about it honestly. I'm Listen. convinced what the mother eats a lot of while she's pregnant. I'm convinced that becomes a favorite food of the child later on. I have. I think that's to... possible, but I will say my mother ate um, chocolate covered coconut, uh, like a bounty in Canada or like an yeah. almond joy in mm-hmm. America, but without the almond. Yeah, and I don't hate them. I don't hate them, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Did she have too many of them? She ate to the them point every where day. your where your body was l- like the sound of coconut. You're like it takes you back to the womb, and you're like, God, nope, it not must again. Be. I'm going to give you a final update about the McDonald's pizza, and then we're going to get to the six real estate <laughs> murders. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because it is about the Orlando. It's the Orlando. It's 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 a yeah. it's, it's known as the Epic McD. Oh, I can you buy shirts? I hope so. It was opened in 2016. It's dubbed the world's largest entertainment McDonald's and play place. It features an exclusive open design kitchen with a wood fired oven right in the center. Pizza isn't the only highlight on the expanded menu. Customers can also choose from a range of pasta, paninis and specialty breakfast items like custom omelets and Belgian waffles. The restaurant which is three stories tall, also features an arcade, a dessert bar, and frequent special events. However, if you're planning to visit, be warned, according to reviews on TripAdvisor, customers at Epic McD may have to deal with long wait times for food. Of course, it makes sense that if they serve better than average McDonald's food, you're probably going to have to wait a longer than average wait. As for the pizza itself, the reviews are mixed. One customer commented the pizza was something close to a DiGiorno frozen pizza, If that's worth the journey for you, then we say go for it. Otherwise, it may be best to let the McPizza live on in our memory of late, great fast food fails. Thank you, mashed.com. I need to witness a three-story McDonald's. Yeah, Epic McD is going to be the next thing that I research. And I know I'm supposed to be researching an episode this week, but you know as well as I do that when you're giving me the waffle fry update tomorrow, I'm going to be giving you a PowerPoint about Epic McD in Orlando, Florida. What a gift. Yeah. 
oh my God, are, why do I see us as just two bozos with a camera and a map that shows every McDonald's location and us hitting them all? Like on a massive world? road trip. Oh, we're just going to full. We're just going to drive around. Yep. And it's like, you have to get something different. You can't get the same thing back to back. I'm going to, you know what I need to do. I have to write down. I've got to do some research about all the regional items. It's like how on the East coast of Canada, they have the McLobster, right? That's the bucket list we're begging for. Is it not? Oh, you're right. Oh, oh, you're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to need to happen. Um, it's kind of going to be like supersize me, but positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at these chuckleheads who aren't going to bother weighing themselves before, during, or after, who are just going for joy to reclaim the youthful joy that McDonald's once gave us. Yeah. And then if we go around the world, we don't have to go to every McDonald's. But for example, right. if there's something at a, at a Japanese McDonald's, we go to Japan. Let's go and have the whatever the Japanese McDonald's thing is or the Belgian or the the British. You know what I mean? Oh, well, this is this is a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Single documentary is not going to cut it. Nope. Nope. Oh, there's got to be a oh, there's going to be a cute name in there somewhere. Yep. Well, I guess it'll just be the McNugget buddies. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) This thing writes itself. It really does. I'm well, back so to the murders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so hungry right now. Yep, I am as well. That. <sighs> oh, I'm absolutely getting McDonald's tomorrow. Shit. Well, yep. well it is what it is. All right. Well, you got six for us, like a six pack, which is the one thing that I said that led us down this for a good half an hour. So uh, this is on me. I will own no, this and I apologize. No, this, is, this is who we are. Uh, and I think that's why they're here. I hope so. Because I hope so. I mean, you can't plan this. It is just what it is. <laughs> I don't plan on telling you <laughs> shocking stories from my childhood that I didn't think were a problem. <laughs> That I say out loud and go, that was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, God. Well, as a beautiful segue, uh, disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Not meaning to laugh, just. No, it's just the fact that we're, we're doing a left-hand turn from, <laughs> we've got to make a documentary about eating all the McDonald's things. Disclaimer. <laughs> this yeah. is about to get real. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a disclaimer on the McDonald's TV show because it's going to get gross how much I put in my body. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Like I said to you uh, before we did the Doughboys podcast, I was like, my goal is to shock them with how much I eat. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's an interesting goal, but what a, okay. What a gift. What a gift you are. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. I'm still thinking about those fries. Oh, wow. Okay. For real now. Disclaimer. This section of the episode will mention uh, sexual assault and suicide. So trigger warning going ahead. 
Uh, During an open house on July 14, 1992, an agent opened a back bedroom of a California ranch house to find the body of listing agent Elaine Siegel. Elaine had been strangled and then stabbed 13 times. Elaine was 48 at the time of her death. She had only been in the real estate field for a year. Prior to that, she was a makeup artist and hairdresser. Friends say Elaine was the happiest she had been in her life, and she had recently fallen madly in love. Uh, A week after the murder, police announced their main suspect was Anthony Paccio, uh, who had delivered sandwiches to the open house earlier in the day. Anthony had been previously convicted of second-degree murder and served only four years in prison for that. When he arrived at the house claiming to be uh, delivering food, Elaine called her office and was told no food uh, had been set to be delivered. Police believe Anthony snapped when Elaine caught him in the a lie. Two days after police publicly announced the warrant for Anthony's arrest, Anthony went to the police station and turned himself in. Mm-hmm. In June 1994, he pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to 36 years. A uh, second case happened November 3rd, 2003. The bodies of Cynthia Cindy Williams and Lori Brown were found in a model home in Cobb County, Georgia. Both women had been robbed, stripped naked, and shot in the back of the head. Neither had been sexually assaulted. Cindy was 33 at the time of her death. Lori was 21. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not much is known about the women. Although I do know that Lori was recently engaged to her high school sweetheart and was meant to get married in September 2004. A man named Stacy Ian Humphreys followed Cindy to the house where he forced her to get naked and give him the PIN number from her bank card. Humphreys uh, tried to strangle Cindy with her underwear before shooting her in the back of the head. Lori walked in on the scene and Humphreys did the same thing to her. The Lori Brown Memorial Scholarship was established at Kennesaw State University. Five days after the murder, Humphreys was arrested in Wisconsin following a police chase. The murder weapon was found in his vehicle, as were multiple bloodstains, which were a match for Cindy and Lori. He pleaded guilty to avoid facing the victim's families. He claims he has no memory of the crime, but then admitted he heard that women could be controlled during a robbery if you forced them to undress first. Oh, yeah, but he doesn't remember the crime. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. He was found guilty and given the death penalty. From the best I can tell, as of now, he is still on death row. Uh, March 18th, 2008. Real estate agent Ann Wilson was meeting with a man named James Holes at a home in Oakland, Illinois, at 4.30 p.m. When Ann didn't return home by 7 p.m., her husband called police and gave them the address for the showing. When police arrived, the house was filled with smoke. During a conversation about Holes' financial situation, he flew into a rage and strangled Ann with a scarf before beating her with a fireplace poker. He then set a mattress on fire, hoping to cover his crime, and died from smoke inhalation. Anne was 71 at the time of her death. She was a fixture in her community and a beloved grandmother to 16 grandchildren. She loved polka dancing and her children. 
thousands of people attended her funeral, which I think speaks volumes. Uh, Holes pleaded no contest to first-degree murder due to the fact that he had two previous convictions for robbery and had served 10 years for aggravated sexual assault. Holes was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, July 23rd, 2013, Mary Beth San Juan was found gagged, bound, and wrapped in a rug in the driveway of her home in Honolulu, Hawaii. She had been stabbed multiple times. She worked out of her home, so her office was right there. Mary Beth was 56 at the time of her death. She was described as always upbeat, kind, and a free spirit filled with love and joy. Police identified the killer as Vernon Baker after they found security camera footage of Baker giving someone a backpack that contained Mary Beth's laptop. There was also footage of Baker withdrawing money from a bank machine using Mary Beth's bank card. Baker was somehow known to the victim, although their relationship has never been released. He pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 20 years. Uh, Then we have David Stoko. Uh, He was a real estate agent and the owner of multiple rental properties. On January 17th, 2019, David went to an apartment in Salt Lake City, Utah to evict the tenants. When David failed to return home, friends and family went to the apartment to search for him. His Cadillac Escalade was also missing. David's body was later found in a crawl space at the apartment. He had been shot four times. David was 40 at the time of his death. He was described as kind, smart, charismatic, and loved by everyone who knew him. He was a married father of four. Manuel Velasquez, Jessica Reese, and Diana Hernandez were arrested after a short standoff with police. According to court documents, Reese and Velasquez rented the apartment from David, who they felt overstepped his legal rights by entering their apartment. David told the couple they needed to be out by 6 p.m. on the Thursday. When he showed up, they weren't. Velasquez claimed David kicked the door in and they started a fight. He said while David put him in a chokehold, Velasquez grabbed a gun from the fanny pack he was wearing and shot David three times in the back and once in the groin. To that I say, if he has you in a chokehold how did you shoot him in the back come on yep velasquez reese and their friend hernandez then cleaned up the apartment and hid david's body police found no evidence that anyone had been put in a chokehold and no evidence that the door had been kicked in velasquez was charged with first degree murder two counts of firing a gun and causing serious injury obstruction of justice and possession of a firearm by a restricted person His trial is set for September 2022. Reese was charged with obstruction of justice, identity fraud, and abuse or desecration of a human body. And Hernandez was charged with obstruction of justice. And finally, on April 28, 2021, in Watertown, New York, a disgruntled former employee entered the Bridgeview Real Estate Office and fatally shot Maxine Quigg and Terrence O'Brien. Maxine was 50 at the time of her death. She was a married mother of two and was described as bright, a great friend, and a devoted member of her community. 
Terrence was 53 at the time. He was a married father of two, known for his passion for helping people. Barry Stewart was identified as the alleged shooter. He died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound during a police chase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Now, we have waded through the darkness. And I want to end things on a lighter note, as I'd like to be leave that I'm known for. Yes. I'm probably known for McDonald's now, but that's why <laughs> I, I accept that. And I there, there's often a method to my madness. Sometimes she just is who she is, folks. Uh, since we're talking about realtors, nobody asked. Uh, not a single person. But I'm... <laughs> going to give you my list of favorite and least favorite pop culture realtors. <laughs> Fabulous. I have no reason why. Uh, the ones I like the least, these ones are in no particular order. Okay. Uh, Brian Spear from the 2011 movie, The Descendants. <laughs> I like him because he's played by Matthew Lillard, who I adore. But Brian is a cheater, and that automatically knocks him off the top list. But Matthew Lillard and George Clooney are so damn good in that movie. I stand by it. Also on the shit list that I've now decided to call a shit list, Jane Butterfield from the 1988 classic Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Stop pushing them to sell their house. And did she not make a comment of like, you shouldn't be a couple in this big house with no kids. Like, wasn't that a thing she said? Yeah, I think she was trying to just do anything to get them out of that house. But yes, which fuck off, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Don't ever yeah. push a married couple about kids. You nope. don't know. Leave them Rude. alone. Rude. Shitless, Jane. I don't know what's going on. I this can't is amazing. stop thinking about it. I McDonald's. never saw this turn coming. Just know that. Well, I want you to know, I had so much fun compiling this list. I might make it a regular thing. I can't decide. I I love that. Uh, my final two on my shit list yeah. for pop culture realtors, Carolyn Burnham and Buddy Kane from the 1999 film American Beauty. Because again, they're cheaters. Also, Buddy is a prick and Carolyn is kind of a bitch, right? She's like, she treats Lester terribly. I have yes. not seen that movie in years. Me I neither. mean, fuck Kevin Spacey, but that's not the point. Yep. Yep. Not the yep. point. So, favorite 
pop culture realtors, and these are numbered. <laughs> this is genuinely how I think. I love it. I'm laughing in delight. It's <laughs> glee. I, I'm very happy. Number five. Okay. <laughs> Diane Zielinski from the 1989 classic Honey, I Trump the Kids. <laughs> While she gets short with her husband, Wayne, quite often, I can only imagine how frustrating his work must get. And for the most part, she seems very supportive, which I respect. While she gets short, the kids get shorter. Thank you for that. <laughs> this is what they get <laughs> while we're on the road between McDonald's. On the road again. Oh, it's right itself. Yep. Number four, Claire Foster from the 2010 movie Date Night. Tina Fey, fucking comedic genius. Her scenes yeah. with Mark Wahlberg and her at the club are so fucking funny. And Tina Fey and Steve Carell have an amazing chemistry. And I love it. And she has a bit in that movie. Um, oh, my husband and I watch it all the time. Like it just brings us joy. But there is a bit <laughs> where she's, they're talking, I don't know if they're talking about Mother's Day or they're talking about like what's their ultimate dream. And Tina Fey says, I just want to go to a hotel room and eat my lunch alone and not be touched. <laughs> it's, it's all I want. And I've never felt more seen as a mother. Yeah. It's like, I know you just want to get through that five minutes. And it's just so funny that she was like, and just not be touched. It's the way she said it. Again, her delivery. Uh, number three on the list is actually a couple. Oh. Joel and Sheila Hammond from the 2017 series Santa Clarita Diet. Not only are they played by Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore, I adore them both. They're probably both on Blanche's list, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but also the show was solid. Uh, they were so beautifully supportive of one another. I, I mean, I highly recommend the show. It will end abruptly because it got canceled as it does. But again, that Timothy Oliphant's a real looker, you know? You know what show he also stars in? The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Great point. Again, it's on the list. It's on the list. Not a big deal. Number two, Phil Dunphy from the long-running series Modern Family. Of course. He's funny. He's charming. He loves his wife more than anything. So, you know, I'm automatically in. And honestly, to me, and this is my own personal opinion, Phil, Cam, and Mitch were the best parts of that show. And also, Ty Burrell can get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. She's lost her mind. Number one on my favorite pop culture realtors list should come as no surprise. It is a character named Peter Clavin from the 2009 gem, I Love You, Man. He is played by none other than Paul Rudd, so you know he went right to the top. But his character is sweet and charming and just so much genuinely loves his fiance slash future wife, played by Rashida Jones, who I also love, uh, Jason Siegel is his friend in it again solid if you haven't seen it but that is my list 
that nobody asked for of uh, favorite pop culture realtors. <laughs> I, again, I'm delighted. I'm surprised. I am, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, couldn't be happier. I truly couldn't be happier. And the good news is, is that in traditional uh, true crime and cocktails fashion, yeah, Chris, Christy has prepared and she's, she's put thought into this. She's researched. I am spontaneously have also brought something to add to the conversation. Hey, which is a list of international McDonald's menu items. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Because I just can't not be an ADHD human. No, I like um, it. That was amazing. And I want you to constantly, I want this to be a new thing where you make <laughs> a list of, of pop culture connected. I mean, again, pop culture. I If you ask me, gun to my head, name a pop culture realtor maybe i could name phil dumphy and i think that's probably the end of it you came up with like like 10 (laughs) that's impressive i mean i did uh have a moment uh where i randomly said to my husband diane zelinsky from honey i shrunk the kids this is just his life he knows what he's in for he's just like okay yeah and i was like she was a realtor wasn't she and we had this, like, instead of Googling it, we just had a back and forth. And he's like, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, like, she had a showing. That's why she couldn't be there on the Saturday, right? And so, like, that was us back and forth. That was my Google. So if, if she was not a realtor, I'm embarrassed. But I'm confident that she was. Because I distinctly remember her being like, I have a house to show. That and I also, like for some like reason, remember her putting signs in her trunk or getting them out of her car or something. Oh, that's oh, how I need to revisit that French class. No, I'll stop. Number one. Oh, I can't wait. This comes all the way from Hawaii. Peaches and mango pie. Yes. Oh. I say yes to this. Now, I don't know when this list was made. Like these may have changed since this list was made. Sure. But this is just giving us an idea of what's out there. This is what gives us hope. Uh, this is from India, the Mikalu Tiki. This is a, it may look like a breaded chicken sandwich, but it's a potato pea and bread-based patty between two classic McDonald's buns topped with tomatoes, onions, special veggie sauce, and ketchup. This is a vegetarian option. Oh, well, this list is uh, all-encompassing. It is. Third item. Yeah. This is available in Wisconsin and Illinois, and it's the McBratwurst. Yep. In 2002. Oh, fuck. This was discontinued in 2009. Oh, it says it recently came back. I don't know when this article was written. There's no date on it. Okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Again, it's just giving us an idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. They teamed up with Johnsonville to create the McBrackwurst, adding a power player to their classic menu of cheeseburgers and fries. Well, again, who knows? Um, In Singapore, it's called the Chicken Singaporeage. Singapore and porridge. It's a, there's some wordplay there. It's a savory spin on porridge with sod and rice, chicken, ginger, onions, shallots, and chili pepper. Um, I mean, yay for the wordplay, nay for the description of the food. I'd eat it. I mean, that sounds nice to me, but again, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. The McLobster. 
available in Maine and and New England. And we also know the East Coast of Canada, of course. That is, of course, a lobster roll, essentially. So it's it's a it's a fast version, fast food version of a lobster roll uh, served on a hot dog bun with lobster sauce and tossed lettuce or sorry, shredded lettuce. Now, Hong Kong has something they're calling the Rice Fantastic. And it's essentially a burger that uses rice patties instead of buns. Oh, see, I'm intrigued by that. Let's try that, right? Then the southern states. Oh, I bet this is going to get my gravy. Mouth is <laughs> Biscuits and gravy. Look at that. Look at Jesus. that sloppy mess. Now, have you ever had a southern white gravy? Because this isn't something I think we've I ever had in Canada ever. Um, the, I've had like peas in white sauce. But it was not was not like a gravy. A white gravy often has like sausage in it. Interesting. Okay. It looks at first glance, you go, I don't think so. And then you taste it and it is crack cocaine. It is the greatest sweet god nectar that's ever existed. I'm telling you, I I had it for the first time in the past couple of years. And I was like, I get it. I get it, South. I get it. Next, this is available in Egypt and the Middle East, the Mick Arabia. Okay. Oh, Arabic like flatbread sounds. folded around either grilled chicken or grilled kofta, which is beef with spices, lettuce, tomato, onions, and garlic sauce. Um, it is a good alternative for those unaccustomed to greasy cheeseburgers. Okay. France and Belgium, they have a Le Croc McDo. Um, it's like the Croc Monsieur, which is, uh, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So it's a, this is baked or fried. It's traditionally a traditional croque monsieur has baked or fried. Uh, oh my God. I can't even talk because I'm so excited about this. It's a sandwich with ham and cheese, but McDonald's Ooh. version has two slices of Emmental cheese, one slice of ham toasted between two buns. They said it looks sad in comparison to the real thing, but I'm just excited about the idea of a croque monsieur. Um, the UK. Now I'm going to say something that's going to, I'm just going to say, I got two words for you. Yeah. Mozzarella dippers. Stop it. They look girthy. (laughs) Why wouldn't McDonald's want to sponsor this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In Alaska, the McKinley Mac. um, McDonald's is big on Alaska. The Epic Burger is a Big Mac made with quarter pounder patties. Okay. Wow. Well, they've been doing that more down here, too. You can get different sized. That's not new now. Spain, the Mick Gaspacho. That's right. That's a cold soup. I mean, <laughs> okay, sure. Now, hold on a second here. Los Angeles, Atlanta, San Diego, Houston, and Florida have mini bunt cakes. Oh, I have maybe seen those. There's a cinnamon coffee cake with cream cheese icing. The double chocolate drizzled with chocolate icing. Um, okay. Japan, Russia, Greece, and Italy. What a quadfecta of countries. Sure. The McShrimp. It's a fish filet sandwich. Well, that's where we started. Now we've got the McShrimp. It's the McShrimp burger is filled with lightly fried minced shrimp, lettuce, and a special sauce in between two buns. That sounds delicious. Singapore, the honeydew McFlurry. Like the honeydew melon. Okay. Fruity version that has a smattering of cereal in it. That sounds delicious to me. Oh my God. The UK again is coming in hot with something they're calling the McBacon roll. 
It is a bread roll filled with breadish bacon and either Heinz tomato ketchup or brown sauce. Uh, th- this is giving it a bad review, but again, I want to try it. Oh, That's of the end course. of the list. That's the end of the list. What I'm hearing is, again, we're just scratching the surface of what this road trip across the world could be. You know what I mean? There's also, obviously, <laughs> there's poutine in Canada. That's something that wasn't sure. on this list. I found another list just now from 2021. I'm going to quickly scan it. Chicken and egg burger, Hong Kong. Yes. Um, the Bachi Porogina McFlurry. Oh, what's in there? I don't even know. A vortex of chocolate? It's described as a vortex of chocolate? Okay. Hazelnut. <laughs> meow, meow. France has Les Deluxe Potatoes. Okay, great. Um, the Cadbury Cream Egg McFlurry. We have those in Canada. Of course. Um, just seeing if there's anything else. The Chicken McDough with Spaghetti in the Philippines. Okay. Uruguay has a McShake Oreo. I wouldn't say no. Japan has something they're calling the teriyaki McBurger. Oh, and that's with chicken. Again, what I'm saying is lots of options. How to whittle them down. What I love so many things, um, mostly is that you continue to call it a road trip when it suddenly turned international. (laughs) Get get your passport out. We've got some places to fly. Also, I'm going to say it. When that menu came out, you came alive. <laughs> Look, she is who she is. Yeah. You know, it's just oh, you, what it is. We come by this honestly. And we do. We really do. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, I'm finding there's more things here. There's a pie that's in Hawaii, again, that's served with a coconut-filled pudding. I mean, maybe I am into coconut after Laurel ate them all through her pregnancy with me. <laughs> anyway, the only other thing I wanted to comment on was that you yeah. mentioned during your list there that Ty Burrell can get it. And you know who else can get it from me? The answer is ABC News correspondent Matt Murphy. He's often interviewed in all the 2020s. And I got to tell you, I don't <laughs> know why or how he's got a kind face. I feel like he sure. really cares. He seems really smart to me. I've I've been sick, as I've mentioned, and, and I daytimes are for true crime over here because at nighttime I get too nervous. But I've been spending a lot of my days last week with Matt Murphy. And I just want to say again, like Matt Murphy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was just I was like, okay, I'll look him up. I'll look him up. And yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Oh, God, I couldn't love you more. Uh, (laughs) Also, I I genuinely thought when you were like, well, you said Ty Burrell, you know who I like? I was like, oh, my God, is she going to shock me with Ed (laughs) (laughs) O'Neill? Because for some reason, I thought it was going to be someone from the same uh, show. No, this is not connected to anything you said whatsoever. (laughs) Not at all. I mean, it is in the fact that uh, it was just somebody else who can get it. I have been meaning to text you this all week. That's why. Sure. Um, Good news. In 2019, he stepped down after 26 years as a district attorney. He was a homicide prosecutor in Orange County. Mm -hmm. There you Mm go. (laughs) He's currently 55 years young. I'm not turned off. Look, 
He has a kind face. What I'm learning, uh, if he seems nice and smart, you're on board. Yeah. And if we've learned anything from my list, as long as he as he openly loves his wife a lot. I think that's <laughs> if nice. he is a kind partner, then I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the amount of things Phil has done for Claire on that show. Granted, I never saw the show in its entirety because I think it was like 10, 11 seasons. Uh, I watched it religiously for at least six, at least. And then I kind of was in and out and I've seen parts of it. And actually, I don't even know if I've seen the finale. Oh, fuck. Now I have to see the finale. I did see uh, near the end. um, Because one of the daughters start the the smart daughter, like the super smart, nerdy daughter started dating that like crazy hot, really stupid firefighter. Oh, yeah. And everyone was like, there's no way that this is a thing. But they were like a genuine thing. And it was really sweet. And Do you that's think all that, I remember. Are you still okay with Phil Dumphy, given that he had like an open crush on Gloria? Um, I think if he was give like, would I have been uncomfortable about it? Yes. Does everybody have a crush on Gloria? Yes. Um, it's just he never would have in his life done anything to hurt Claire. And if he had to, like, if a bullet was going towards the two of them, you know who he'd save. Gloria. There's some, (laughs) (laughs) there is some deep rooted uh, stuff in there. I just like. (laughs) When a man loves a (laughs) Stone sober. We go just, off the rails in these, but this one's special. Like, this one's really out there. <laughs> oh, it went out there the second you mentioned McDonald's. And I was like, speaking of McDonald's, here's my tragic history with McDonald's. None of it was tragic. I respect all of it. Like, I have so many very, very distinct memories being in a McDonald's. Like, and I've been in 7-Elevens so much in my lifetime but I don't have a lot of like memories of that, but specifically McDonald's it's there. It's yeah. ingrained in me somehow. Oh, sure. It's, it's just there. And Oh my God, my mouth. <laughs> I know we can't keep talking about this. I know. Because again, I'm like, Oh, everything sounds good. I know. Remember when I used to get really drunk when we would do the podcast and there was that one time I did order McDonald's to be delivered. <laughs> delivered part way through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was nice <laughs> wish you'd done that at the beginning of this <laughs> yep yes ma'am yeah i know yeah i know this is the this would be the main benefit of recording these in the same house because we can't figure out how to do it in the same room but no 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 ma'am. i would just come out of that room it, and we would just collect the mcdonald's yep and sit, you know, and eat. yeah. Today I ordered some tacos from a place that I used to get tacos from all the time. Yeah. And my favorite is the fish tacos. And I was like, I haven't had those sure. in like three years. And I used to always order from this place. I was like, I'm going to order some. And then I thought, get something new from the menu. As well as the fish tacos. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
But again, then they came and the new item, it was fine. But it was it the magic that was those fish tacos? No. Did I immediately regret not just ordering four fish tacos? Yes. And Did you only get one? Good. No, I got, I got, well, I got three and then I got two of something else. Truthfully, I should have got five oh. fish tacos. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I've never had a fish taco. These ones are grilled and they're really, oh. but, but you'll love this but they're greasy as hell and they're delicious. <laughs> well, if you have a taco, you need to, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. God. Okay. Put it on the um, list. Yeah. We're putting it on the list. Anyway, my point is, is that, you know, I think that in life, I think what's great is that sometimes I want to challenge myself to try new things like this McDonald's challenge we're talking about, <laughs> but other times it's good to just stick to the things, you know, like mm -hmm. ABC news correspondent, Matt Murphy. <laughs> going to give me the information I want. He yeah. has kind eyes while he does it. I trust that he has the best intentions, not only for the viewer that he's talking to, mm -hmm. but also uh, for, for the judicial system at large in mind. Yeah. Of course. I, again, kind eyes, smart, mm -hmm. and a nice person. And I'm like, does he love his partner? <laughs> Uh, like a, I'm asking, I'm not asking for, does he like love his partner? I'm asking for like, people are sick of hearing him talk about how much he loves his partner. Like that for me is like, Oh, mm -hmm. like any pop culture couple that are like over the top in love with each other. I'm like, yep. Yep. I'm obsessed with them. Except Megan Fox and MGK. I'm concerned about them. <laughs> Because we I don't are. know we what's are. going on there. I have a mm -hmm. lot of questions, but I'm happy that at this point in my life, I still have not heard one of his songs. I, I, yep. I couldn't if even there was name a, one. Nope. If there was a gun to my head and it said, name a Machine Gun Kelly song, I'd say, sir, pull the trigger. Because yeah, statistically oh. speaking, it would be a man behind that gun. Um, <laughs> dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This last call episode of the show, mm -hmm. again, bonkers, bonkers. I feel like this is nice, though, because we've been doing a few of these that have felt like so much fun, but they haven't had the true chaotic energy that this last hour has been. And that, to me, is a gift for, for all of us. Yeah. I'm so, excited to see what business you're going to mention in the hopes that I have other childhood memories from that business on another episode. I can't wait for that. I can't wait yeah. for next week when um, you're going to bring us some true crime and then a pop culture list connected <laughs> to that true crime that, again, I will never have seen coming. That's going to be something I look forward to. And what I also look forward to is what am I Googling on my phone as we're multitasking uh, yeah. in the moment? Probably, arguably, just more international McDonald's food items. Um and so, Christy Oxborough, thank you always. Your work uh, unparalleled and uh, your your openness uh, to chat with me uh, also unparalleled. So thank you. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening to this batshit chaotic journey. We're so glad. We hope you're still here listening. Um, we so appreciate your support here on Patreon. It allows us to continue make bonkers to make bonkers content like this that we love so much. And we're glad that you do, too. Christy, do you want to say goodnight to the people? Good night, Phil Dunphy. Good night, Matt Murphy. <laughs> I was so excited I had one. Thank you, dear listeners, for taking this special Patreon journey with us today. We hope that you enjoyed it. 
If you're interested in more about our bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash truecrimeandcocktails. And while you're online, make sure to give us a follow on the socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at True Crime and Cocktails, and on Twitter at Not Detectives. Now, we are off next week, so there will not be a new episode on November 30th. But on the December 6th episode of True Crime and Cocktails... Drew Peterson, which just so happens to be the winner of our October patrons poll. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Thank you for spending my birthday with us. We appreciate your support. Good night, dear listeners. <laughs>